This is a Fate 52 production, All Rights Reserved 2023. Hi, welcome to So Basic with a Little Extra. If we haven't met yet or you are tuning in for the first time, my name is Anna Zugeri. And my mission for this podcast is to share a basic story to give you a little extra inspiration, a little extra encouragement, or an extra laugh. School time is here. Have your kids started school yet? To me, this is one of the best times to be on Facebook, the beginning of the school year and Christmas. I love seeing my friends posting their pictures about the first day of school. You find all kinds of photos all the way from super nice stage ones, you know, a little extra, (laughs) to the super basic ones. I've been on both. I was so extra when my girls were in elementary. Uh, They have to put up with me. I would take like 50 pictures. (laughs) Last year, I kind of lost a little extra. And this year, oh my gosh, I was awful. You would think it's a big deal because we're starting high school. I was super basic. I even forgot to make the cute sign. You know, the mugshot looking like that says, what year is it? Oh my goodness. My daughter had used her phone and make a fast little sign that you have to zoom in when you look at the picture to see what it says. Oh, that was fun. Do you remember your first day of school back in the day? Ah, here's my basic story. I love, love, love the first day of school all the way through high school. But you know why? (laughs) Because of my brand new school supplies, my new shoes and uniform. In Mexico, Mondays were very special. And school will always start on a Monday. We had to wear our Monday uniforms, which were typically white. Everyone in the school will gather during first period on the school patio to honor the flag. A full-blown ceremony was held every single Monday. A group of kids, only the stray A's students, were the ones in charge of marching around the patio holding the Mexican flag. We will all then recite the pledge to the flag, then sing the national anthem, and then listen to the announcements. I always loved it. Now, when I look back, it's kind of sad to see that the respect and values they used to teach us by honoring the patriotism of our country are gone. My husband was sharing with me how a recent study shows that younger generation have lost the values of patriotism, religion, and family. Isn't that so sad? I become a little extra when I hear the national anthem. I have the privilege to be both Mexican-American. But there is something about the Mexican anthem that brings tears to my eyes, mostly every time I hear it. I know. Here is a little extra laugh. (laughs) When my youngest was born, she was very, very extra. She would not go to sleep if I didn't sing to her. Sometimes I was so tired. My brain was just exhausted. The only song I could think of was the Mexican National Anthem. (laughs) Yep, I put my baby to sleep at the sound of Mexicanos a Grito de Guerra, which translates to (laughs) Mexicans to the cry of war. (laughs) 
Lovely, isn't it? Anywho, yes, back to school. What was your favorite part about going back to school when you were a child? Who was your favorite teacher? Do you remember the name? You know, the other thing I thought about as I scrolled on my Facebook page, all the postings about the moms about leaving their kids all set up in college. Oh, my heart goes out to them. I can't imagine. I haven't experienced that. And as the time gets closer for me, oh, I dread it. If leaving my daughters in kindergarten was so painful, I think I'm going to die when the day comes to leave my child in college. But let's not. Let me get back to the basic story here. Talking about the values we've lost through generations as more and more confusion arises between all of us, which is nothing new. Remember the Tower of Babel? Here is my basic refresher. In Genesis 11, we read about how people in those days had the same language. But yes, just like us, they wanted to rely on their own power. Oh, so selfish. They wanted to build a name for themselves, just like we're doing now. So much confusion on identity, political parties, religion, food, you name it. Then God came down and created confusion with different languages. Some say this sounds much as, as a punishment, but I see it as another way for God to give us another chance to recognize He is the real source of power. It says on 2 Peter 1.3, His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us into his own glory and excellence. See, it says it right there. <laughs> so what is the extra story here? How can we bring clarity to those around us, especially our teenagers, the ones that are in the search of truth, identity, and where they belong? How can we influence them with those core values that we know they work and are true and powerful. I believe it's so easy. We just make it complicated. Presence. That's all. Just be there for them. Talk to them, even when it seems that they don't listen. Remember when you were a teenager? Be compassionate and curious. Those are my top tips for you. But my friend Jonathan Frost, the executive director of Youth for Christ, brought up great ideas and good info for us to get involved and informed. He shared some mind-blowing statistics that might motivate you to do a little bit more around your community. Let's listen to a snip of my interview with Jonathan Frost. Can you tell us a little bit about you about and about what you do? My name's Jonathan Frost. I'm the executive director at Youth for Christ Houston. And um, I moved to Houston in 2001 to take a job with the Houston Texans. And I spent 14 years there as the team's mascot, Toro, the very the first mascot there. When God called me to this ministry, it was pretty, pretty natural. It was a natural fit, you know. Mm -hmm. So I have a wife and two kids. Uh, my wife is a dentist. Uh, we met at the Texans. She was actually, a, uh, don't tell anybody, but she was a cheerleader for the team. We were, <laughs> okay. you know, things happen. Right. And um, we've been married for 16 years now, and we've got a 13-year-old son, and we have a 10-year-old daughter. 
So we are very, very blessed. I mean, you have a beautiful family, yes. So you and I actually have partnered before. Uh, when I was doing children's ministry, um, you were very generous in coming out there and help you help us try to figure out what we were doing yeah. with all this. Can you tell us a little bit about Youth for Christ now? Like, Yeah, so um, Youth for Christ has actually been around for a long time. It's been around since 1944. Um, wow. Started up in the Chicagoland area and then moved across the country. And so now we are in, I think, 130 different cities across the U.S. and over 100 yeah. countries. Um, so just God has blessed that ministry. Um, I came into it in 2016 when we had just started ministry here in Houston. Well, one of those models that we have is juvenile justice ministry. So working with kids who are in the juvenile justice system, inside detention centers, outside with mentoring. And there are 13,000 detentions each year at the time, just for Harris County, not the other counties. And so it was just, there was a lot. And there were a lot of kids that just needed some help. And um well, we'd been doing that since the 60s. So as God does, he takes something that we knew well and mm -hmm. he takes need and he kind of put them together. And so that's where we started in 2016. Started in another ministry model that we have called Campus Life uh, for junior high and for high mm -hmm. school. Struggles at home or just struggles other places. And those are our kids. I mean, those are the kids that we just love on and we want to be there for and show them that God has a hope for them. He's got a plan for them. You know, they are not a mistake. As I mentioned before, we're talking this month about how can um, anybody, and not just parents, but adults, I feel like we have the responsibility to models and also, you know, care for or you. To, as you're out there, what do you think are the biggest struggles that the teenagers are facing right now? There's some commonalities amongst just that age group, uh, no matter where mm -hmm. they're coming from and especially in this in this time and age you know i i would say identity right now is a big deal mm -hmm. you know i think it i think it has been for teenagers for years you know you're still trying to figure out who you are but i think that's even harder right now with the world trying to tell them that there are so many things you can be mm -hmm. um, so they're trying to figure that out and a lot of times they don't have guidance in that so yeah. it can be a confusing time you know and um they, they, another thing is they, they lack a lot of self-confidence. If you don't know who you are and you're lacking self-confidence, where do you go? And so, I mean, the other thing I would say is just direction. They don't know what they could be or where they want to go or what they want to do or, you know, and so it's just this time of trying to figure things out, which, which provides a great opportunity for those of us who want to invest in them, you know, because mm -hmm. if we can build trust with them and, and gain that access to them, then we can give that advice. Suicide rates have just skyrocketed you know isolation has caused some really tough things so kids are trying to navigate all of that right now and in fact i was talking to somebody the other day and they they i was i was saying you know when i was when i was 15 i could not wait to turn 16 because i knew i got my license in fact i was begging my parents now please stay home from school so i can go get my license like i could not wait and i've noticed a lot of kids don't get their license at 16 right now and it just it's confused me forever i'm like what why in the world? Until somebody, and it may have been Brandon, our ministry director, but he said, why do they need a license? All of them connect now on social media and on mm -hmm. FaceTime and on other social apps. Mm -hmm. That's their communication. So they don't have a need to get out and go. So there's just this, but it just, it pinpoints like how different the world is right now. Mm -hmm. And I know they don't know this, but 
I am a firm believer that you have to be with people physically to really build strong relationships, right. have that sense of being and, you know, being part of something. And uh, so I think that's a struggle too, is that the world tells them they don't, they don't need to be around people. They can just talk to people online and that's hard. I think it's the way that you approach kids and, and are willing to listen to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, that's a big deal. I started a Wednesday night Bible study on my back patio by accident. We went, mm-hmm. we took some of the kids with us to camp with YFC. They're not part of YFC, but we had some extra space. And I was like, well, why don't we invite some of the kids that my, my, my son knows in our neighborhood. And so they came. And then afterwards I thought, you know what, we should probably debrief camp just so they understand kind of what had happened. And we did that one Wednesday night and had such a good time. I just said, would you guys want to do this? Like on Wednesday nights, we just get together and chat mm-hmm. and all of them, every single one goes, Oh, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. And so, here I am now buying snacks and throwing them out on the table. And then we sit around the back patio. And I mean, luckily we have curriculum through YFC. So I just grab right. some. I'm, I'm the executive director. I work with adults mostly. So mm-hmm. it's a little even outside of my comfort zone leading something like this. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny to know that I don't have to be very prepared. Mm-hmm. I can go in, I can read some stuff, ask them to look some stuff up. We have questions, they share and we pray together and we end. I mean, it's just, it's not hard. Right. It's the craziest thing. I'm opening the space. It is like the biggest blessing to know that they want to be there and Mm -hmm. they want to listen. And it's just so cool. Uh, And like I said, it was on accident. Well, not accident. I mean, it was God ordained, but right. To step into it. Right. Um, Right. It's a blessing. Yeah. It's just, I guess, just the willing and the opening the space and the opportunity for, for communication and gathering and in ministering, right? Like I hate to say this, kids are not used to adults making time for them, especially right. now, especially when all of us are connected to our phones constantly. You know, That's how true. often, I mean, I've got mine sitting right here. How often are you, are you talking to your daughter, you know, and going like this going, yeah, Oh, that's so awesome. I love that, that you did that. Really? That's cool. And she said that, you know, like I do that. I do it all the time. And I, and I catch myself and go, my son actually wants to speak to me right now. What am I doing? Right. Right. And so if I can remember it, I'll set my phone down and be like, Oh, let me put that away. And I try not to let him know that I'm doing that on purpose because then I might lose him, you know, I might lose him. But um, I think with kids, I think a lot of, a lot of adults are afraid of, how to act around them. Um, how do I connect with a teenager who I don't think any, I don't know much about them and, or where they're coming from, or it really doesn't have anything to do with that. Kids yeah. right now or kids at any, at any age just want to be heard. They want to know that you were intentional and actually gave them your time. And if you're always willing, even if they turn away and say, I don't want to talk to you right now. Okay. If, but if I'm always willing and available, when that time comes that they need to talk, they know they can turn to you and you will put everything aside and listen. I think we underestimate the Holy Spirit and, you know, underestimate him. Yes. We don't have yeah. to have answers. We just have to be there available. And when they ask or when there's that opportunity, he can speak through us. We talk, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we talk about that all the time at church, but do we mm-hmm. really believe that he does? I, I think yeah. he does all the time if we're willing to just put ourselves in the right situation. There's no magic sauce to working with kids. It's just being available for them. If you don't mind, I want to take us outside of the house and outside of our just influence just for a second, because I just been, I was just reminded of something, you know, we've been talking about being a parent mm-hmm. or working with kids that we know and stuff like that. Um, I think their last, last thing I saw, there were like, there 
40 million 11 and 19 year olds in the United States or something like that. The studies show that I think it takes five positive adult role models to help them be successful, whatever that the way they determine the success or whatever. Mm-hmm. Of 40 million kids in the United States, I think 22 million or 24 million don't have one single person oh my play that role in, wow. in the United States. And so if we think about the fact that most of the kids that a lot of the kids that we work with, especially in juvenile detention, mm-hmm. are situations where there are no adults to trust, like, mm-hmm. like they don't, they don't trust adults. They don't, there's, they don't have a reason to trust adults because adults have always let them down or have abused them or, or, you know, hurt them in some way. Um, one of the easiest things I tell our new mentors or new volunteers in juvenile justice is I was like, the first and best thing you can do is show up, show mm-hmm. up every mm-hmm. time. When you say, hey, I'll be here next week at two, you show up at 145 and you're waiting at two. If yeah. you do that consistently, they may not talk to you for six weeks. They may want nothing to do with you, but you'll see them starting to show up to see, are you really going to do what you say? Mm. And it's amazing that the trust can start that early by just that easy, easy, easy thing just to show up, to show up. At Youth for Christ, we we do ministry in a specific way that we call three-story ministry. If you don't mind, I'll share that real fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. So our shirt, I don't know if you can see my logo, but it's got three circles mm-hmm. on it, you know, so... Yeah. This is it's God's story, my story, and then someone else's story. And the um, idea is if I abide in Christ daily, or if I volunteer and abides in Christ daily and spends time getting to know him and studying his word and praying, the more of his circle envelops mine, it just becomes mm-hmm. a part of mine, right? Mm-hmm. So when right. I go into a relationship with someone else, I inherently take him with me. I don't have to go in with a book or Bible and say, I want to tell you about this guy I know. He's awesome. Well, a kid who doesn't trust an adult or has never been to church or has the wrong idea of Christians in church, they want nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. But somebody who comes in and actually over time shows them that they're not there to get anything from them. They're actually there to help them. They're there for them. Mm -hmm. You can show that over time and you've got God with you so that in the conversations that you're having with them and they start asking questions about you and you start sharing your story. Well, just mentioning your life and how God's just in your life. And so as you're talking about it, you're going to talk about God. If they learn that they can trust you and they learn that maybe what I've learned about Christians isn't exactly right, because if you're saying you're a Christian, I actually like you. You know, I've often said how fun it would be if we did the same thing in juvenile justice with police officers get excited about this so <laughs> yeah no like i said it's it's um a ministry that that it's needed out there and sometimes also because we're in our bubble you know we don't think and we don't know the struggles of other teenagers that are out there that are fatherless can you imagine being 12 or 13 years old and it's safer to stay out on the street overnight than it is to be at your house Oh, my God. I mean, that's the reality of a lot of kids in Houston. And mm-hmm. it's, it's sad, um, mm-hmm. but it should prompt us, right, to yeah. step into those lives. Um, yeah. We have kids who that's why they get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because, because when you're out on the streets with your buddies at 2 a.m., good thing. My mom always said, you know, good things don't happen, happen after dark. Exactly. So, so get home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. 
it, when you have a home where you're being abused or there's the chance that you may get beaten that night because your mom or dad comes home and they've been drinking and yeah. I, at 40, at 47 years old, I wouldn't be there either. Right. The reality of kids out there. And I, and I would ask a lot of people, um, where are the detention centers in, in Houston? Do you know? I have no idea. Right. I have nope. no idea. Nobody knows. I mean, they're public. You can know where they are. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows because like you said, we're in our bubbles. Mm-hmm. And unless we go out there purposely to try to help and find those kids or, or be part of that, it can be very easy to have it out of sight, out of mind and just yeah. kids are kids into the kids. I know this is how right. kids growing up are. And, mm-hmm. I, and I fell into that before I got into this job. I mean, I, I knew what it was like to be a teenager. In fact, Brandon took me to uh, to uh, the high school one morning really early and we showed up with signs to just say, hey, have a great day or whatever. And we were inside. And uh, it's so funny. I, I thought, oh, I remember high school. I know what this is like, you know, people were walking in and we're standing there out and the doors open and all these kids just start flooding. In. And you're talking about a school of thirty five hundred kids, you know, oh my gosh. kids just coming. Yeah. All, almost everyone has AirPods in or earpods. Mm-hmm. All of them are looking at their phone. It's dark. They're walking in with backpacks on and you're like sitting there, like trying to be like, Hey, what's up? And you get like three responses. Some of them get really excited just because they're that kind of kid. They're like, Oh, what's up? What are you doing? High five. That's cool. Then you got the kids who look up and they kind of like, they acknowledge. And then you got the kids that made me feel like I was in high school again because they look at you. And go, they, they did this. It was so funny. They look at you and go, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I feel like I'm in high school again. Like I, this awkward and I talked to Brandon afterwards and I talked to him all about it. And he goes, man, you got to embrace the awkward because mm-hmm. the, the high five that you gave, the knuckle bump that you gave, that is for many of those kids, that was the first physical contact they've had all day long so far this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a positive, hey, I see you. So there you have it. Be a good, safe adult to children and teens. Be a good influencer. That is definitely a way to love Jesus, obey Jesus, and tell everyone about it. If you want to find out more on how you can help teenagers outside your home, visit Youth for Christ website at yfc.net. And check out the whole interview with Jonathan at Faye52-Anazgary YouTube channel. And while you're there, don't forget to share and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Until-